Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. If you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the book of Proverbs, the book of Proverbs in chapter number 19. We're in a series dealing with the idea of the issues of life answered from the Word of God. And by the way, I was encouraged this week from a different church here in Wisconsin, uh, other side of the state or south of south part of the state, that they um, heard that we were doing this. They were asking questions about the issues of life, and they're now using it in their Sunday school classes uh, because of what we're doing. We're thankful for that influence. And so the idea of the issues of life answered from the Bible is that there are natural questions that people have. And maybe there, we may ask some questions that they haven't even thought about yet, but we're asking important questions that we need to be able to answer biblically. As we go now to our fifth lesson, and we open up the Bible, we want to see another question that's quite important, and it may not be asked in this way, but it is something we observe in our culture today that we have to be able to answer. And so notice with me the book of Proverbs chapter number one, uh, 19, Proverbs chapter 19, and notice with me in verse 1. Proverbs chapter 19 in verse 1. The Bible says this, in Proverbs 19 in verse 1, better is the poor that walketh in his integrity than he that is perverse in his lips and is a fool. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, mark a word that we're going to do a study on today found in the book of Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 1. Notice the word integrity. The word integrity. And with this, we ask the question, does character count? Does character count? And we're going to answer this question by the word study of integrity. Integrity. Now, character is who you are in the inside. Character is who you are when no one else is looking. That's character. And what really makes that character count is if you have something that the Bible calls integrity. Integrity. Abraham Lincoln said that character is the tree and reputation is the shadow the tree cast. You can't do much about the shadow, you just take care of the tree. We take care of our character. We take care of who we are in the inside and we let God deal with our reputation. For this, the key element to have character is something we call Integrity. What is integrity? Well, integrity can be defined a couple different ways. It carries the literal idea of being complete or being whole. Being complete or whole. And so with that definition, it carries the idea that you are who you truly are. You're complete. You're whole. There's nothing missing. It's who you are in the inside. Now, everyone throws in a salesman version. When you first meet someone, let's say that there's a, a guy who's meeting a girl. He, what he does is he puts the salesman version on. He 
washes his clothes and puts on a clean shirt and he actually takes a shower and he combs his hair and he tries to look nice and uh, puts on a good impression. But you know, anyone can make themselves look good, but it doesn't affect the inside. Who, character deals with the idea of the inside. And having integrity means that you're consistent, you're complete, you're whole. Someone defines it like this, the idea of integrity. It's doing what's right when no one else is looking. That's integrity. It's being complete or whole, being consistent. It's doing what's right when no one else is looking. Doing what's right when you can get away with it. That's the idea of integrity. With it, it carries the idea of honesty. Nothing to hide. Transparent. <laughs> That's an important idea of integrity. You don't have anything to hide. You know, we live in a world that is full of people who lie and cheat through life. A recent magazine, a news magazine, put out an article that said that we live in a country where people cannot trust each other. Whether it's from the politician to the pulpit. People cannot trust people's word. You can't trust that people are going to keep their word. You can't trust that people are going to be consistent. That people are lacking of integrity. And that's the world that we live in. As for Christians, there should be something different about the way that we live our life. We should be people who are known by their integrity. People of their word. People who are going to be consistent. People that just don't try to get away with things because we feel like we can. But it's the idea of being consistent. As we hit the book of Proverbs, chapter 19, verse 1, notice this. Better is the poor that walketh in his integrity. So here it carries the idea that the reason why this person is poor is because there was a decision to be integrity. We know that there are some people who will lie and cheat and steal to get what they want, to get further ahead, to get more money, to more whatever else. But someone can say, you know what, I, if my choice to maintain my integrity means that I don't have as much as someone else, well, I'd rather have my integrity than the riches. And that's a choice. And by the way, that's not a choice that a lot of people are willing to make. But as for Christians, it carries the idea that we will have integrity. Better is the poor that walketh in his integrity than he that is perverse in his lips and is a fool. The idea of fool here carries the idea of living your life without regard to God, think without thinking about God or or knowing that one day we'll, we'll stand before him and give an account. Last week we had talked about, are we going to be personally accountable to God? The answer is yes. Someone with integrity understands that it's not just simply doing what's right. It's doing it because one day we're going to stand before God and give an account. And there's a choice here. Or you can live your life without regard to God. And you can lie and cheat and make excuses and do whatever you want. In order to get ahead. The idea of integrity is so key. And it is something that is missing. Notice again it says better. When it says the idea better. And then it says better is this. Than. We understand that integrity is a choice. You choose to have integrity. Someone chooses to watch their character. Integrity is something nobody can take from you. Integrity is something you give away. So you, if you have integrity, that's because of your own choice. If you don't have integrity, 
It is because of your own choice. It is a choice to have integrity. Nobody can take your integrity away. Notice with me in the book of Proverbs chapter number 11. The book of Proverbs chapter 11. And notice with me in verse number 3. Proverbs 11 verse number 3. Notice this is such a key verse here. Proverbs 11 verse 3. The integrity of the upright shall guide them. But the perverseness of the transgressors shall destroy them. Notice this. The integrity of the upright shall guide them. You know that we have a guide? A guide is integrity. Some people say honesty is, is the best policy. No, 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 no. For the Christian, honesty is the only policy. And so when you're trying to figure out what should I do, well, what is the choice of integrity? What is the thing? Well, should I read my Bible or Facebook? You know, honestly, nobody cares. Nobody's going to think, what should I do? I could do Facebook and I won't get lightning strike upon me. I'm not going to get yelled at. But I choose to have integrity and do what I'm supposed to. True, to be honest, to choose to be complete, to be whole. Well, it comes tax time. And I know that if I say this, even though it's not quite true... I could get this back and nobody will ever know. Well, the idea of integrity. Here it talks about that integrity, the integrity of the upright shall guide them. Well, I could go ahead and change my work thing. I know I didn't work the full hour, but someone clocked out for me. It is fine. People do this all the time. Integrity. How about the idea of just work in general? You know, your employer is paying you to do a full day's work for a full day's wage. How many people have a lack of character and don't work the full time? They try to find as many ways to get out of work. They work harder at getting out of work than they do actually doing their job. See, we, we, this covers so much that people are not a place of integrity. How many times I deal with people all the time. Yes, preacher, you'll see me at church on Sunday. Hello, where are they at? You told me you were going to be there. Well, you get to the place where you can't trust people's word. They tell you something because they feel like it's going to make you feel better. They tell you something because they think that's what you want to hear rather than being honest. We all even have a tendency of doing this. How are you doing today? Our standard answer, I'm fine. And things could be not fine. But we're not honest. And you know... We understand we don't want to hear complaining people, but they're honest people who look at you who want to know what's going on. How are you doing? And they want to hear. So we understand that here it gives us the thing. Integrity shall guide us. That if we're going to be complete or whole, if we're going to be consistent, if we're going to choose what's doing right, even when we can get away with it, it's really going to be our guide in life. And it will lead us in a clear path so Many times in so many ways. Again, it's the idea of integrity. Integrity is so integral inside of the Christian life. Because it is our guide. It is our way of life. There's one person in the Bible that really identifies and shows this idea of integrity. Let's look at the person by the name of Job. Turn with me to Job chapter 2. We're going to look at a couple different chapters. But we're going to end up staying in Job chapter 2. Um, 
in just a moment. We're going to start Job chapter 2. I want to look at a couple more chapters, then go back to Job chapter 2. I'm just giving you some preparation so you don't lose your place here. But Job is a person that pictures and identifies this idea of integrity. Notice, if you don't mind, in Job chapter 2, and notice with me in verse number 1. Now, in Job chapter 2, in verse number 1, it's a conversation between God and Satan. And Job's not even present, but he is mentioned in the conversation. Notice with me in Job chapter 2, verse 1. Again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said unto Satan, From whence comest thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and walking up and down it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in all the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil, and still he holdeth fast his integrity? Although thou movest me against him to destroy him without cause. Now in Job chapter 1, basically Satan comes and accuses God, if the summarized version, that the only reason why people praise you is because you're good to him. If you allow bad things to happen to someone, everyone will curse you with the underlying understanding that God, you are not worthy of worship when bad things happen. The only time that you're worthy of worship is when things are going people's way. And so God said, all right, let's use Job as a test case. Here's my servant. You could do anything you want. Just don't touch him and his health and don't kill him. So Satan went and killed his kids, destroyed his finances, destroyed his livelihood. And all within one hour, they heard, he heard that he had lost everything. And you know what Job did? God giveth and God taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So when Satan comes back, God says, listen, there's my servant Job. You've caused me to allow things in his life to destroy him. And yet he maintains his integrity. Yet he is complete or whole. When everyone would be very understanding for Job to get in the boo-hoos and say, God's not good and God's not right. And seeing his kids destroyed and his finances destroyed and his, his fortune gone and everything, we would be sympathetic. He could have got away with it. But he said, listen, I'm still not, God's still good and God's still right. I'm going to be consistent in this. Now, hold your finger here. We're going to look at a couple other chapters. We're going to come back here. But notice with me in Job chapter 27. In Job 27, Job himself is speaking to his friends. And notice what Job has to say concerning integrity in Job 27. Job 27. And notice with me in Job chapter 27. And notice with me starting at verse 1. Job 27, and notice with me in verse number 1. Moreover, Job continued his parable and said, As God liveth, who hath taken away my judgment, and the Almighty, who hath vexed my soul, all while my breath is in me, and the Spirit of God is in my nostrils, my lips shall not speak wickedness, nor my tongue utter deceit. God forbid that I shall justify you till I die, and I will not remove mine integrity from me. Notice 
as these things are happening, and now Job has now lost his health. His wife has been saying, just curse God and die. And just to top it off, his friends come to encourage him by telling him he's a no good, low-down sinner. If he would just get right with God, things would get fixed. And so Job here is being pressed in all matter. He's in pain. He's lost everything. His friends are not encouraging him at all. And he says, listen, I know that you're trying to work with me. You're trying to press me. But listen, I'm still going to maintain my integrity. It is a choice that I make that even though I could get away with it, nobody would feel sorry for, uh, nobody would blame me. I'm still going to be honest. I'm still going to maintain my integrity. I'm not going to utter untruths. I'm not going to speak wickedness. I'm not going to speak deceit. I'm going to maintain mine integrity. Notice with me in Job 31 as he continues with this idea. Job 31. And notice with me in verse number 1. Job 31 and verse 1. I made a covenant with mine eyes. Why then should I think upon a maid? For what portion of God is there from above? And what inheritance of the Almighty from on high? Is not destruction to the wicked and a strange punishment to the workers of iniquity? Doth not he see my ways and count my steps? If I have walked with vanity or my foot hath hastened to street, uh, deceit, let me be weighed in an even balance that God may know mine integrity. And so with this, he says, I've been trying to live my life right. I've been trying to keep my mind pure. Verse one, I've been trying to uh, understand that destruction is coming and that God sees my ways and counts it. But when he weighs me in the balances, when he looks, listen, what is God going to find? He's going to find that I still have a man of integrity. I'm still a man of integrity. Job had made a choice. He was going to live a way of integrity even though his life was falling apart, even though he could have got away with it, even when his friends were just trying to get him to complain against God. He says, I'm still going to maintain my integrity. I'm still going to do what's right. Even when the world is pressing me to be dishonest, I'm going to maintain my integrity. That's pretty powerful stuff. Well, with that, turn with me to the book of Job chapter 2. And let's learn some more about integrity and understanding where integrity comes from. All this was introduction for this one point, for this idea, where do we get integrity? You know, integrity is a great thing as a concept, understanding that it's, it's a choice, understanding that it's going to guide my path. But where does integrity come from? And why don't more people have it? That's important. If we're going to be people of integrity, where does it come from? Well, let's explore this. First of all, we understand integrity comes from knowing God. Integrity comes from knowing God. Notice with me in chapter 2, and notice with me in verse number 3. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? The word my here is a possessive pronoun. God is saying that's my servant Job. Now with it we have an understanding that there is a personal intimate knowledge of God and Job between each other. They had a relationship, a fellowship together. With it we understand that if integrity comes from knowing God, not knowing things about God, but knowing him. 
Isn't it interesting about this concept of knowing him has popped up several times in our series uh, throughout the year? Whether Moses was saying that I may know him. Whether Paul says that I may know him. This idea of integrity comes from knowing God. That when you know God and you have an intimate knowledge of him. And you know who he is. It changes you. And because of your knowledge of him personal knowledge with him, experiential knowledge of him, that it comes to the idea that I want to be pleasing to him. I want to have a wholeness. I want to be a completeness because I know him. That's what God is like, and I want to be a reflection of what God is like. I want to be a person of integrity. There is no integrity for life, no wholeness, no completeness, until we first know the Lord. He's the one that makes us whole. So we understand this is why a lost and dying world is a dishonest world. Because they don't have this completeness that comes from knowing God. And knowing whom he is. Another thing, where does integrity come from? Integrity comes from knowing God. Integrity also comes from fearing God. From fearing God. Notice if you don't mind. In um, chapter 2 and verse 3. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? There was none like him in the earth. A perfect, again that perfect carries the idea complete or whole. A perfect and upright man. Notice this, one that feareth God. Now this is God himself who's saying, Here is a man that fears me. A man that fears me. Integrity comes from fearing God. Now, Someone may say, well, I'm going to do what's right because I'm afraid to get a disease. I'm afraid of this consequence. Well, a person of integrity does what's right because they fear God. Because I want to please Him. Because of God, I choose not to go get involved with sin. Not because I'm afraid of disease. Not because I'm afraid of this. Because I'm afraid of getting this girl pregnant. Because I'm whatever else. I'm doing what's right because of Him. He is my goal. He's the purpose of why I do what's right. Again, so many people make minor things goals when those aren't the goals at all. God should be our goal. And if we have God as our goal, everything else will fall into place. Some young man say, well, I'm afraid my parents will catch me, so I don't do this. You understand the problem is a heart. If he thought he could get away with it, he would. That's the idea when you have fear on something else. If you remove those conditions that, um, that produce the fear, then you go ahead and you can do whatever you want. If I can go ahead and sleep around and not catch a disease and be 100% guaranteed, well, remove that fear, I'm all for it. Well, if a person of integrity, it doesn't matter what situation I'm placed in, I'm doing what's right because of God. It's the situation don't, doesn't determine what I do. God determines what I do. My fear of God, of knowing whom he is. When we get to the end of our life, we're not going to stand before an authority figure. We're not going to stand before parents. We're not going to stand before pastors. We're going to stand before God. And the greatest thing we could teach someone is not just how to do right, how to have manners, how to do this. The best thing we could teach someone is that one day they're going to stand before God and give an account. Their accountability to God, their personal accountability to God. And to drive them to the place, I'm going to do right because of Him. He's the one that I have to please. 
That's where integrity comes from. Integrity comes from fearing God. Where else does integrity come from? Integrity comes from knowing God. Integrity comes from fearing God. And integrity, integrity comes from living for God. Living for God. Notice with me in chapter 2 verse 3 again. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. This word escheweth evil carries the idea that he removed his foot from the path of evil. Askew is a geometric term that carries the idea that if you had a line going straight, uh, uh, you would have another line that skews off, that's askewed, that goes off. Uh, and when you first skew the line, it still looks like they're pretty close. But you give it enough time, it will get further and further and further. This is where we have the idea of discernment, not only seeing where we're at, but seeing where you're going. The one that escheweth evil is someone who says, nope, I'm not going to step on that path. I'm going to go this way. That means he doesn't even start down the path of unrighteousness. There are so many people that walk down the path of unrighteousness and go, wait, this isn't what I expected. Then they have to go circle back. A person of integrity says, I'm not even going to step down this path. I'm not going to take one step. I'm going to make sure my steps are going the correct way, living for God for the purpose of Him. Often the first step of a wrong path looks inviting, but we have to see where it goes. Every day we make decisions. As believers, we must choose the things that please our Lord, and not just because we're supposed to do it, but because we love Him. I should be doing what I do in my life because I love him. It's almost like a man who, um, who says, I like to spend time with my wife. Well, someone looks at him and says, well, you're supposed to. Well, there's one thing from doing it because I'm supposed to. There's another reason for doing it because I want to. Well, the same thing, if you're living for the Lord, you're not doing things because I'm supposed to. Well, why'd you be, why was you honest there? You could have got away with it. Because I have to. Well, that's the wrong motive. I'm doing it because I love God and I want to be pleasing to Him. He's my goal. I'm not doing it because I have to. Again, once you get to the place where I'm just doing what's right because I have to, you get rid of those conditions that make it so He has to, He'll no longer do those things. It's kind of like watching someone who is compliant and someone who's submissive. You can have someone that's compliant, that does the things right on the outside. He's a good kid. He does all the other things. But you remove authority, then you see what the person is truly like. When they no longer have to live under their mom's roof, will they continue to do what they're supposed to do? Or do they go crazy? Well, that's someone who is compliant and not submissive. It's a difference between someone who did not have integrity and someone who did have integrity. The idea of situational ethics is something popular in our world that says whatever situation we're in determines what's right and wrong. No, 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 no. There's always a right and wrong. And integrity helps us to have the right path. Am I doing what's right? Is it what's pleasing to him? Is it the thing I ought to do? That's integrity. Well, I can get away with this. It doesn't matter if I could get away with this. It's the idea, is it right? Is it what I'm supposed to do? And today we are live in such a world that even Christians are plagued with a lack of integrity. 
where you can't trust people's word. You can't trust what people said. We look at hidden motives all the time. And we get to the place where we become so jaded because we live in a world that has a lack of integrity. Integrity is the character that we ought to have. And that character does count. The Bible talks about that we're supposed to be the salt of the earth. Do you know that salt, if you place it in water, it does not lose its chemical compound. It just loses its power and its effectiveness. When a Christian loses his integrity, he doesn't stop being salt. He just gets to the place where he's no longer effective. Integrity is that power that goes along with the world that we live in to maintain. Let's choose and determine that we are going to be people of integrity. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you could give us a call at area code 920 530-6308. Once again, that number is 920-530-6308. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.